Ready to roll. Ready to roll? Ready to well, roll. I'm ready to rock. Oh, well, fancy you. <laughs> Dad jokes and all. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. You can hit that subscribe button and figure out everything you need to watch. You can also go to thewatchlistpod.com and create your own watch list from everything that we review because Patty takes such good care of it. She is the brains of this outfit. Uh, you can also reach out on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the watchlist pod. And please, if you listen to us on Apple, give us a five star review. We would love that. Indeed. We Hi, would. Patty. Hello. Ah. <sighs> I have, uh, first of all, yes. I am excited beyond words, and I and I have to, I have to say this. Okay. So, Die Hard is coming back to movie theaters. Oh, how fun! Next week, nice. It's, uh, yes, and that is how I am going to spend my fucking birthday. I right. I'm going to go visit 17 year old Bill, and we are going to go to the movies, and we are going to see Die Hard. Damn it! Excellent. And I'm trying to get a whole group of friends together, and everybody seems in. So I start out the show with a huge shout out to to you and to everybody, and just say I'm I'm so appreciative. You guys are my friends, so thank you. And Die Hard is coming back! Yay! Okay, sorry, <laughs> I just had to squeak. Okay, I have got three things. Ooh, I've got four. <gasps> what? I know. Well. Then I think you need to go first. Okay. Okay. So my four, it's a two and two this this time. I have two horror movies and two okay. Korean dramas. <laughs> Natch. Natch. So we're we'll start Natch. Well, yeah. We're we'll start with the horror movies. Okay. The first one is on Hulu. It is called The Boogeyman. Oh yeah. That came out Yeah. Recently, in June, right? in June, it came yeah. out in June. Um, it's about a high school student named Sadie Harper and her younger sister Sawyer. They are reeling still from the recent death of their mother. They're not getting a whole lot of support from their dad, who's a therapist, and you know he's got a license for this kind of thing to help his children through this type of crisis. But he's got his own pain that he's all wrapped up in. And this desperate patient shows up one day at the door looking for help from our therapist, Dan. Well, this guy comes in and he leaves behind a terrifying supernatural entity that preys on families and feeds on the suffering of its victims. <laughs> it stars Sophie Thatcher as Sadie Harper. She was in Yellow Jackets and she was Drash from the book of Boba Fett. Okay. Which yeah. was kind of a side, a whole side character, really, in Book of Boba Fett. But everybody else is people I've never seen or heard before. Or it might be a per that guy from that thing. Yeah. Where if I told you, you would be like, yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, but it's, it was a pretty good creeper kind of thing. A lot of jump scares. It was okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, they gave it a 60% on the tomato meter. And it has a 66% audience score. So it's not... It's not hated. Okay. It was entertaining enough. It's only 99 minutes long. Not a whole lot of your time. 
Okay. If you got nothing better to do and you want to watch a, a jump scare kind of horror film that's, you know, not too terrible, give it a shot. The Boogeyman. It's on Hulu. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with something that's really, really, really been rolling around my brain that you reviewed mm-hmm. and was also a recommendation from our friend Terry. Shout out to Terry. Hey, Terry. And it's called Killing It. Oh, that's on Peacock, right? It's on Peacock. Yeah. And it stars Craig Robinson as uh, one half of a brother duo who, let me let me read the official description of it. Okay. In this rags-to-riches sitcom about class and capitalism, Craig Foster, played by Craig Robinson, is a bank security guard living in Miami and struggling to make ends meet. He and his ex-wife Camille uneasily co-parent their preteen daughter, who I appreciate the fact that the wife is the ex-wife is actually a uh, she's deaf. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate actually some representation in the casting. Uh, Craig has some grand plans to become an entrepreneur, but has no way of getting his ideas off the ground. But a chance encounter with Jillian, a down on her luck driver. For a ride hauling service introduces him to the wild world of state-sponsored python hunting. Yes. He decides to go all in and make his American dream come true. Okay. What did you think of this show? I thought it was goofy. It was fun. It was okay. I mean, Dwight loved it, and he's the one who kept going back to watch more of it. I like uh, the Jillian, that actress who plays Jillian. I like her. She's fun. Yeah. And she's been in some other stuff that I've seen. And uh, yeah, it was it was funny enough. It was cute. It was funny. I mean, you got the down your luck like total loser people, which seems to be a common theme in a lot of shows these days. Yeah. I don't remember quite as many loser type people and things, but you know, it was fun. I had some fun, funny bits here and there. It took me a couple of days to realize why I didn't like this show. Oh, why don't you like it? It's a tragedy. Okay. All right. There are plenty of tragedies that people like. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I get that. Romeo and, I, and Juliet. And yeah. I absolutely Romeo and Juliet. The classic tra- tragedy. Fucking hell! Yeah. Did you ever have to watch Romeo and Juliet, the Franco Zeffirelli version in high school? I have. Yes, I watched that a lot because I really liked it. Did you really? I really. Oh my liked god! That. We had to Olivia watch that in English class, and I Hussey, forgot what year. I think Olivia Hussey. Olivia Hussey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, and I think Michael York is in that version too. He is. I, I, yes. Yeah, see, this is how much I watched it. How <laughs> repeatedly I watched it, and then I watched other things, and then I actually read Romeo and Juliet because we had a collection of sh- Shakespeare stuff, uh, like hardcover books. So I sat and read that one day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, you know, Terry said, watch this. Keep going with it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. And I realized that while it is my kind of humor, Mm -hmm. the one thing that I could not get out of my head, and I'm not going to spoil this for you folks, well, or, or kind of, sort of. It's not a driving force in the show, but it was to me. Early in the first episode you see Craig's character with his brother as children and they are going back to the convenience store in their neighborhood 
to return some candy that they had stolen. Now, I don't know about you, but my mom made me do that as well. I stole a balloon when I was a, when I was a kid. And my mom made me take it back to the store because it was too big. My mom, when I was trying to steal a deck of old maid cards by very old cleverly maid. holding it behind my back through the checkout. You are so clever. <laughs> I am so clever and how, sneaky. How did they? How did nobody catch why this? Why are you not working for the CIA right now? Exactly. But okay. okay. She dragged me to the store manager <laughs> oh. and made me return them. I was terrified. I was like maybe four. I hadn't even started school yet, I don't think. Wow. And I never stole anything right? again. Right, right. And when, when I was with my friends <laughs> right? who were trying to shoplift, I kept saying very loudly, what are you doing? And they wouldn't take me shopping ever yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they wanted to get away with some larceny there. But yeah. here's my so yes, and you're right. When your parents do that, boy, it corrects you quick because uh-huh. you realize Especially if they get you young. Well, yeah. they get you young, and they put you in front of an authority figure. Mm-hmm. It's not even just a cashier; they put you in front of the manager or somebody in charge. Yeah, mom took me to the manager. Well, in this show, killing it, the father of these boys who is trying to teach them a lesson that you you have to stay good in life; you can't steal is shot and killed in that store. You remember that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuck with me so hard, especially taking it through the lens of a black father taking his two young kids to the store, and he is tragically killed trying to do the right thing that it colored my entire perception of this show. And later on in the show, you see Craig's character trying to elevator pitch his idea to whoever is going to listen. And he's at this Dominine conference, because Dominate yes. is one less. Yes, um, Dominate. And there is, yes. there is a character there who he's trying to pitch to and she is just obsessed with showing him a color of paint that she had chosen because it matches his tie. Mm-hmm. And she says, what I like about you is that you have a sense of struggling, Craig. Don't ever stop struggling. And as she is getting on her little cart to be whisked away to the next privileged thing she's going to, she says, stay struggling. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Now... In my mind, I am thinking that Craig's path is determined by the death of his father. If they had not shown that scene when they were kids and the father dies, I would have been perfectly fine with this show. Because everything after it is wacky. They're hunting fucking giant snakes and... And I did laugh out loud at the rolling guy in the health club rolling around just to find his loose change under a locker. I mean, this man is buck <laughs> naked. In, in He is showing everything. And it is a credit to that actor who got yeah. butt naked. Yeah. And showed peen and balls and everything. But even that scene is tragic because he is doing everything he can, even bare-assed, trying to save his money. Mm -hmm. 
And that is indicative of the Craig character. If they had not shown the scene where these kids' dad was killed, I would have been fine. But I saw it then as a tragedy, the meanness of society trying to keep somebody's dreams down and him having to literally, like, kill things to make money. That is why I did not like killing it. Because I was trying to think, why am I not liking this? Why am I not liking this? Because there are parts of it that are that are funny. And people pop up all the time. Like like Janet from The Good Place pops up. And, yeah, yeah. and she's, she's great. But mm-hmm. that is why. So I have to take killing it and put it aside. I can't even give you a good review of it. Oh. I just wanted to share my feelings about it. Well, I could see that. And I think that opening where his father dies does it it's giving you that this isn't just your regular wacky comedy. Like there's that underlying society sucks. Society will not let anybody rise above. They want to keep everybody below them. And, and not they literally let get better. And they yeah. literally killed it. Very good point. And they very literally killed it. In the first episode. Exactly. They killed being right and good in the first episode. And trying to do better. And they yes. killed that. In the Yes, exactly. So later on, like other episodes, him and his brother, they keep circling back to dad's death and, and commenting on it. Uh, it's been a while since I watched. So I'm trying to remember if like, like his brothers try to tell him to keep moving on like get over it dad's dead let's move on from yeah, that i yeah. believe he's pushing him to do that and but he just won't let go well right so and he's like stuck in that that moment and the and the brother relationship like craig's brother in this show is is like oh, he's he's the worst jerk. because he's a he jerk is. because he's using quite literally his brother especially at the dominine thing yeah. To steal his brother's tag to copy it so that he can sell it himself. And he makes over twenty grand at that conference. Yeah, he gets his hands on some other shit and starts Right. You know, oh, he's, he's dominating. He's the dominating. Whole thing. You've got a green <laughs> go green. You know. Yeah, that was great, by the way. That that whole bit. Anyway. This but that scene at the beginning set in motion for me just feelings of wow, this is this is a fucking tragic show with tragic characters doing tragically awful things just to survive. Yeah, even Jillian. Even Jillian. She's oh my god, shit. poor yeah. thing. She's and that see, poor girl. Right. And I felt so bad for her because the actress in it is so good. Oh, she's at, so funny and good. At yeah. portraying broken. Yes. She She is. is doing her best to be optimistic and wearing a smile to hide her pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having to live in a billboard. Yeah, that she hauls behind her car. That she hauls behind her car with a taped-on Mercedes thing. <laughs> so, to me, if you're going to show that scene at the beginning with the father dying, this needs to be a drama with a couple of comedic elements thrown in. Because when that evil bitch at that conference says, keep struggling, Craig, it's evil. The way yeah, that that actress yeah. delivers that line, it's evil. I want you to stay down. I I am up. You are down. You stay there. And Craig, without his father, is still there. 
And that is what I found not funny about this show. However, you aptly pointed this out last episode. An opinion is an opinion. Yeah. There's no right or wrong in an opinion. It's an opinion. Exactly. So, and, and I looked it up. People are finding this show hilarious and it's great and all that. So if you dig that kind of comedy, I wish I could go back and unsee the first five minutes of that show. Then yeah. I probably would have been on board with it because it would have been so wacky that I would have been on the train. It is. But it's so out there. It is so out there. there, there but that whole scene where she, uh, Jillian meets up with him at that uh, conference, the Dominion conference. Yes. And she's dragging this bag with, oh, the with dead a dead snake, snake in, it. in it. And it's leaking. And it's just leaving the, the trail of blood across yes. the carpet. And see, like that would have... Oh, my God. That, that literally would have like, been... Oh that would have been funny to me yeah. if it weren't tragic in my mind. Right. So that's the only reason I say to everybody listening to this show, and I know celebrities listen to us, too. Hey, Bradley Cooper, I'm talking to you, bro. Go Eagles, by the way. <laughs> that is why I have to put this show aside and say, if you like... Uh, the comedy of like Parks and Rec and The Good Place and stuff like that, you should watch this show. But keep in mind that it is based on some tragic shit. So if I could, I would tell you to start like right after that and then you'd be fine. But that's my review of Killing It. My next horror movie is on Max. It is all of 85 minutes long. And it stars Ryan Destiny, who was star, or she was in the show Star on Fox. She was also in Grownish. And Heather Graham is also in this. It's about a young woman who accepts a job on a property with a traumatic past. The property has the traumatic past, by the way. Okay. Upon her arrival, she soon realizes that the nightmares of her childhood are connected to the evil in this house. That is the full, like, official description of this movie. Now, I'm just going to compare this. So this movie dropped on October 1st. And The Boogeyman was released on June 4th. So that was four months before this. Yep. The Boogeyman has reviews on RogerEbert.com and The Guardian and Rotten Tomatoes score. Oracle has zero reviews. There are four website results, two of which were are dated from 2020. And all of these pages, all four of them, have the same press release facts about the film with that same blurb that I just read. On Rotten Tomatoes, there is absolutely nothing about this movie. That's weird. And that tells you how this movie is. <laughs> I had completely forgotten that I watched this until I was scrolling through Hulu looking for something completely different. And Hulu told me, hey, you watched The Boogeyman. Here's some other stuff like it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, The Boogeyman. We watched that. And then I was like, wait, there was that other movie with, that I watched with Dwight. And the house that with the traumatic past is naturally a plantation in the South. So now you know exactly what this evil is and what it's all about. 
And that's all you really need to know. And I was I was struggling to find out what the the name of this movie. And I asked Dwight, Dwight, what was that movie with the plantation house that we watched? He couldn't remember anything about this film. As the details I dropped to him, he couldn't remember. He's thinking of something else. I'm like, no, it's not Antebellum. That's not the movie that we watched. Although we did watch that, but this is not the one I'm talking about. Finally, I remembered Heather Graham is in this. Heather Graham? Heather Graham. She is the mother of the two children that this young woman's job is. She's supposed to go to this property and babysit the kids. And Heather Graham is the mother. And so I looked up Heather Graham on IMDb and found the name of this fucking movie. That is how completely forgettable it is. Heather Graham is the only person you probably would know. Ryan Destiny is the star, and she was in a a few things. But, I mean, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I don't know her name. And these things she was in, I never saw. But Heather Graham, yeah. So Oracle on Max, ignore it. Don't even, don't even. (laughs) It's 85 minutes long. I mean, sure, it's pretty short. But, I mean, even Rotten Tomatoes people haven't even bothered to to comment on this movie that came out in October. I'm going to get through this next thing because it it will be quick. I'm not going to bother people with it. It's called A Haunting in Venice. Oh, okay. And it's the third in the Hercule Poirot movie series uh, starring Kenneth Branagh. And now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, Poirot reluctantly attends a seance at a decaying haunted palazzo in Italy. He soon gets thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets when one of the guests is murdered. Blah, blah, blah. Don't waste your time. Oh, that's an Agatha Christie it story, is. I believe. And, yeah. and, he and this is, picked- is where... Oh, uh, you can watch this on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, you can watch this on Hulu. It was uh, at theaters, right? Yes, it was. Uh, okay. This year, it's a 2023 movie. Oh, okay. And I and I, I don't remember when it came out. When did when did this piece of shit? September fifteenth. That is oh, how wow. quickly this wow. shit went to streaming. Yeah, that was that was quick, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. As we record this, it's December the second. So within three Damn. months now, you you yeah. can stream that fucker. Oof. Okay. It is n- not that I dislike Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot. Uh huh. Because I actually think he's very good. Oh yeah, I think he does a good job as that character. And Kelly Riley is in this, and she was actually in the movie. Uh, Flight with Denzel Washington. She was also in uh, Yellowstone, the series. She is actually very good. Tina Fey, Jamie Dornan, Michelle Yeoh. It's got a, I oh, know it's got a Chewbacca. Group of people, yeah. It does. Our problems with this movie, first of all, came in because it's one of those movies where the sound effects and shit are way louder than the dialogue. Oh, Jesus. Man, I And you have that. to pay attention because he he actually mumbles in this sort of French, like shitty accent. And outrageous he's trying to do the, accent. That's right, outrageous accent, and he's trying to say that the killer is still here. Mumble, 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 speak. Ha ha ha! French. Um, but the second thing is all the camera angles, and and 
it's it's almost trying to be an '80s art film, the way that it's shot. Like what what weird camera angle can we do now? And if I could, if they were sitting in front of me, they would say, "Well, ha ha, you don't understand. That is, we are trying to make the audience ill at ease with all of our camera angles." No, Uh you're just trying to do this shit, or at least the the product looks like you are just trying to do shit for do shit's sake. Oh, and the weird camera angles and and just. It almost made it hard to watch, just literally hard to watch, not performance-wise, but because of, of how it's shot. Hmm. And, and it just gets all... Uh, it's a, in this movie, Poirot, Poirot is losing his faith in humanity and, and all that. That's why he kind of runs away to, to Paris. Mm-hmm. And just wants to live, and or wherever he lives, I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> and and that kind of spoke volumes to me about this movie. I just didn't care. I really didn't. There are far many more suspenseful things to watch about murders, like like um, the fall of the House of Usher. You really want to see some good fucking drama. And, and some great jump scares and something that'll really kind of stay with you, watch The Fall of the House of Usher. If you want to watch something that is is like bad pizza, watch A Haunting in <laughs> Venice. Okay. That's all I'll say. So my first Korean drama is on Netflix. It has all of 16 episodes. They're about an hour long apiece. This is called Behind Your Touch. It is a comedy, romance, mystery kind of thing. It's about a vet who, in a freak happenstance, gains powers that when she touches an animal or a person's butt, she sees their memories. Oh. And then she teams up with a a cop to help track down some serial killer. Well, when this... The trailer for the show first came out. There was some backlash for lacking sensitivity to gender recognition as the female lead character is seen sexually harassing men by touching their butts without permission. Wait. Other people on that that's what people were saying okay. about this just from the trailer. Okay. And other people were claiming, you know, it's clear how inappropriate it is. That she shouldn't be touching people without their permission, especially their butt. And, you know, oh, if it was a man as the lead character touching people's butts, these this would never have happened, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, we all know trailers take things out of context. And yeah. they leave out some stuff. Well, the male detective that the psychic vet teams up with, when he first sees her trying to touch a pickpocket's butt on the bus, he slaps handcuffs on her and starts calling her a pervert and drags her down to the station. He ain't putting up with that. As you do. Okay. As as you do. And then there's another scene where she's going to try and touch his butt, and he body slams her to the ground. Like, don't you, what are you doing, you pervert, you know? 
And I'm watching you through the whole like first few episodes because, you know, I mean, she's trying to figure out she thought she saw some memories when touching a human, but then there were other humans that she didn't see anything. So she's trying to sort out her magical powers. It works on all the animals she touches. And that's where the comedy comes in is, you know, her, because the detective wants her to find out who the killer is and stuff and get more information. He's making her touch people's butts. She's a butt toucher. And this is a, this is a, it's a comedy, comedy, a Korean drama on Netflix. It's, you know, it's a goofy premise. You know, your magic power only works when you touch somebody's butt. You're not going to get a whole lot going on with that, you know, getting people to allow you to touch their butt and Sarah, surreptitiously touching your butt yeah you're a pervert you shouldn't be touching anybody's butt so it's that is where the comedy comes into play it's really quite funny and then the whole underlying uh storyline under that is the mystery of who the serial killer is in their small little town and the cop trying to make her find out and it's really quite funny I mean, the, the two the two leads, you know, they have that animosity there, but then there's the slowly, like, we hate each other, but I'm slowly starting to kind of like you, and you're sort of my friend now. And this stars um, Suho from the K-pop group EXO. He's in it as the crush, uh, the vet has a crush on him. So for anybody who's into EXO, um, Suho is in this. This is what his one of his first series after returning from his uh mandatory military service got it yeah so behind your touch on netflix 16 ish episodes about an hour no not 16 ish 16 for real episodes about an hour ish long okay yeah so the last thing that i have Mm -hmm. hang on the last thing that i have is actually on where, where the fuck is this? Oh, it doesn't help when it says already watched. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's stupid. <laughs> it's on Prime Video. Um, ah, it's called go. Bye Bye Barry. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a show for sports fans. Okay. Let me, let me put that out there. It is, it is a show about football. And it is the story of superstar running back Barry Sanders. And he played for the Detroit Lions. And at the peak of his career, he quit. He absolutely quit. So this is a firsthand account of the life of Barry Sanders. And what led him to quit football. And what was interesting about this is, and I get this living, uh, living, breathing, dying Philadelphia Eagles football. Mm-hmm. If you live in a football town, and there are and there are towns that are not about their football teams, like like the fucking Raiders, they just moved to Las Vegas. So oh, inv- right. So invariably, when you see a, a game there, it is filled by the fans of the opposite team. Oh. Just as an aside. Okay. But in Philadelphia, Chicago, and Detroit, you live and breathe with your team. Well, Barry Sanders represented the hope of this team doing more than 
what it had always done before and actually what came after. This is the one year, ironically this year, that they've got a legitimate shot to get into the playoffs and and progress. But they won't because the Eagles are awesome. Of um, course. But <laughs> it is a great way to show how this guy always just lived his life. And he didn't live his life through accolades or for accolades or anything. He just wanted to play. And it was his father who actually loved all the acclaim and all the all the attention and all that stuff. And always, 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 which I found interesting, always said that Barry Sanders was the third best running back he had ever seen. And his dad said this? His dad said this. Wow. And this was at his induction ceremony into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. Thanks, Dad. Jeez. And Dad had a favorite running back when he was watching football. That was his number one. He could not, Mm -hmm. and I forgot the name of that running back, but there was no other running back before that guy. And then the father put himself over his son. Oh, of course he did. Because his, you know, they said, well, who's the second best running back? Me. I'm the second best running back. Because if I was playing, you know, I, I would, you know, the numbers I could put up, well, said by every person who couldn't get over the fact that they weren't great enough to sustain any kind of career ever. Right. They always say what I could have done. Mm-hmm. So, but Barry Sanders just quit on his own terms and he's interviewed in London by his four sons. Oh, wow. Okay. At the, at the end of this show, like, why did you quit? And it's just a very interesting thing that the best interview he ever gave was to his four children. Yeah. So if you're into football at all, hmm. particularly if you like position players like running backs or quarterbacks or anything like that, watch Bye Bye Barry. It's very good. Hmm. And it's not too terribly long. How how long is this thing? Um, it's, it's an hour and a half. Okay. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's not. And they also interview people who live and die by Lions football, like Eminem. Oh. Um, and uh, oh, who's the other guy in speed? Keanu Reeves and uh, uh, oh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, fucking hell! I don't remember his name at all. Oh shit! 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 Um, Jeff Daniels. Bullock. Jeff Daniels. <laughs> they they live and breathe by Lions football, so it's very interesting seeing their take on it as well. So huh. anyway, interesting. Thank you. All right. Thank you. My last review and my last Korean drama. This one's on Hulu. It has eight episodes. They're about 40 to 50 minutes long a piece. This is called Vigilante. It's based on a webtoon of the same name. It's about a student at the police academy. He lost his mother when he was a really young kid to this senseless act of violence. But the courts were scandalously lenient on her, his mom's killer. And this guy was out on the streets in a very short period of time for murder, you know? Yep. And so angered by the constant injustice by the courts, he moonlights as this hooded figure punishing criminals who get light sentences for serious crimes. 
a reporter notices the pattern of these criminals getting attacked and realizes that it's one person doing it. And so she creates this show and dubs him the vigilante. Well, the public is all like excited about this vigilante because, yeah, they're outraged by how the law protects the criminals rather than the victims. And that's what the show is about. It shows him in his little hoodie, black hoodie, going around and attacking these horrible criminals who uh, attack and like uh, they, they beat up a, a mom in front of her kids because she was trying to tell these gangsters to to get away from her house or whatever, quit harassing us. And a girl who's been stalked and her stalker gets out after like a month or something. And it, there's just a lot of really like, damn, what's wrong with this criminal justice system? And then you hear them in the police academy and classes talking about this vigilante and how he is just a criminal. And just just because his, his victims are criminals doesn't mean what he's doing is okay. And it goes really gets into that kind of um, the philosophy and the, you know, and the, like, the ethical line that this vigilante is walking or has crossed quite honestly and it's really very interesting there's it's totally filled with action and and fighting and that kind of thing and it's a lot of it was fun i found it very fun relatively entertaining and they left it open for a possible season two there's already talk of a season not korean dramas no not a lot of them get a season two there's a very small handful that i've seen that actually had a season two so this one getting a possible season two and a lot of talk online of a season two is, is interesting to me. I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited because I might want to catch the next season. Okay. I don't get a lot of season twos of things. Even when no, you really you want don't. them, you don't. Right, because you said no matter land, how long it is, it's one season and then you're done. Yeah, it's one and done. Like the behind your touch, that is one and done. And Netflix even called it a limited series i'm like a limited series in my head means like eight episodes not 16 but that's just a series quite honestly in my head but yeah uh the vigilante it's on hulu sweet and i have a couple of newsy things but you go ahead first news oh you have news uh the only thing is is the only thing that i have and i will keep it brief okay is that Squid Game, the that reality show, is uh-huh. really coming under far more fire now. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I haven't gone back to watch it. Um, what's happening on this now? So I started watching the second batch of shows. Okay. But what is coming out are the conditions that the competitors endured oh. while filming the show. Case in point, Red Light, Green Light. Yeah, where it was like flipping cold and they got to lay on the ground forever. Well, right. And so it actually makes sense that this one woman who, and and in red light, green light, if you don't stay perfectly still, you're gone. Yeah. Was in a crouching position. (gasps) And it makes sense now that why she said, I can't hold on to this. I, I can't. Because she wasn't holding on to it for 30 seconds. She was holding on to it for hours. Yeah. And so they subjected players to you know, harsh weather conditions and, and other things that are coming out. So there is now a law firm 
that is investigating these things with the help of TikToks that have been put out by former contestants on the game show or on the show. So I'm I am going to predict that there's going to be a huge class action suit against the makers of Squid Game the competition. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and that explains now why when I was watching Red Light Green Light a lot of people dove to the ground and laid down. Yeah. If you're going to make me stand there or crouch there for hours, fuck yeah, I'm I'm laying down cuz right. when I saw that girl like say I can't I can't do this anymore and she just gave up. I was like I have shitty knees so I understand. Right, why me too. she why me she too. felt she needed to even just for thirty seconds like ah oh, fuck this yeah, yeah. right <laughs> well quite honestly even just the standing for thirty seconds but the standing for the entire time it takes you to get across that that whole thing <laughs> would not happen for me but but yeah that makes sense totally now yeah. I I didn't even dawn on me that that whole bit took like way longer than you thought than the game time than the right. game runtime would have taken. And the game runtime, wow. just in case anybody cares, is five minutes. You have five minutes to get from the doorway to across a finish line. Yeah. And if you don't make it in the five minutes or you move when the giant doll spooky thing says red light, mm-hmm. you're done. However, in the actual TV series, the drama that it's based on, the implication is you die. Yeah, you were shot. You that were thing shot. Actually, shot you or something. Yeah. Right, but in this competition series, they have a um, an ink. They have a dye pack attached yeah, dye to pack, them. Yeah. So that when you die, your dye pack explodes. Yeah, it, it triggers something. Triggers it. To something triggers pop, it, and bam, yeah. you're 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 done. Um, I and I said this in my review last time. Watch Squid Game, the actual yeah. show. Because yeah. that is by far superior. But if you're into reality shows, watch this. But also concurrently watch the news about it as well. Yeah. That was that was my only tidbit this week because it's, it's going to get heated up, people. Well, talking about um, season twos of Korean dramas, there's one that was on Netflix that came out, oh, gosh, it was way back. It was called The Arthdoll Chronicles. And it's like a sci-fi fantasy thing in another world. And it was really cool. And I loved it. And then I heard there was a season two. And that season two had dropped a few months ago. And it was Disney Plus around the world. But no one ever told me where in the U.S. I could catch it. And I kept checking Disney Plus, And I kept checking Hulu. And there was no mention. And all my Googling just kept telling me Disney Plus had it. Well, now... It is finally available, season two, on Hulu for anybody who is looking for it. It is originally on Netflix, but season two is now in the U.S. on Hulu, so you can finally watch it. The other piece of news I have is Rob Reiner was on a podcast Monday, and he said the sequel to his 1984 mockumentary, This is Spinal Tap, will begin filming in February. Yeah. And it will have Paul McCartney, Garth Brooks, Elton John, and a few other surprise appearances. So it was supposed to release next year, but all those strikes pushed it back. So, yeah. These go to 11, man. Hello, Cleveland. Yeah, they go to 11, man. 
When this is, is it? Final Tap. It will it begin starts filming next year. Filming right. in February of 2024. That Which was is my awesome. big news. Was Which this is, is awesome. Final Tap, the mockumentary about a rock band that sucks. <laughs> and it starred Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and Harry Shearer, for those who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I do have <laughs> one last bit of news. More news. Hang, hang on. <laughs> okay, so okay. another recommendation from Terry, and I'm going to seek this out. Uh-huh. It is a book called Surely You Can't Be Serious, The True Story of Airplane. Ah. And I listened to the audiobook snippet they give you five minutes of this audiobook oh nice and what's interesting is that they have different people involved in the movie narrating their parts from the book and in listening to this this really makes me want to read this book hmm. I, I can't you know say one way or the other you should or you shouldn't terry's loving this book but it should be heard as an audiobook Okay. Because somebody speaking is going to be way funnier than if you're reading. Oh, yeah, than what you're You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that's it. It's called Surely You Can't Be Serious. So if you love the movie Airplane, you might want to check this out. Cool. And I do, so I might want to check it out. All right. So what is today's date? December the 2nd? Yes. So next time when we record, it'll be just... Three short days before my birthday. What? What? That's right, people. You only have... When When will this show debut? Today is the 2nd, the 3rd, the 4th. The 4th. Is when this show will debut. So you will have eight days to do me a favor. Pick a charity and donate to it. That's it. Cool. Just do something nice and pay something forward. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what I want for my birthday. Okay. All right. Anyway, and, and for people to stay the fuck no, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of shit that people should not absolutely watch, it, like a haunting in Venice. But anyway. Or Oracle. Or Oracle, right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, everybody, please make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com, click on that Contact Us button, or hit us up on social media, at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the Watch List Pod. Do you... <clears throat> Squid Game. <laughs> I'm finding it hard to keep going with this competition show, knowing that they put these people through so much, but I still have a vested interest in who's going to win this game. Yeah. Um, the biggest loser also uh, was attacked, but like the con oh, yeah. the contestants also came out finally and started talking about the shit that they they were forced to do and go oh, through yeah. during that and fat shamed by fucking uh, oh yeah Jillian whatever the fuck her name is and the, yeah and the, the, dude the trainers and, yeah yeah and and that was awful and when they were having trouble the producers would tell them things like. Do you know how many people wanted your place? How dare yeah. you be so uh, ungrateful to right. be given this opportunity? Yeah. Well, and yeah. and to lose all that weight in such an unhealthy fashion. Yeah. It's that, no that, wonder people gain their weight back. Yeah. Everybody's right. going to gain it back. Right. Yeah. So, 
Oh yeah, reality shows are no joke, people. But anyway, mm-hmm. let us know let us know a reality show that you like and you watch. Again, our friend Suzanne and shout out to Suzanne. Um like Sailing Yacht and Below Decks, all of those, those are fun reality shows. Yeah, it's not like a competition where they're making shit up to people do things, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> so that's it. Let us know what you're watching. We'll watch it. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And everybody, have an awesome week. You, yeah. Yeah, I said holiday you too. season is fast approaching. <laughs> what did you say? I almost said you too, and you said have everybody have an awesome You too. Well, thanks, you Patty. What? Reminds me of that commercial <laughs> where the family's going through the airport. And like, have a great flight. You too. You too. Sir, does oh, it look I like I'm going somewhere? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, everybody, have a great have a great week. And uh, watch good stuff. And we will chat with you guys later. Okay. Okay, bye. bye. bye.